Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the new life in Christ. Some of you, you're the only epistle some people are going to read. Some of your family members, some of the people you work with, your neighbor, some of the parents that your kids play soccer with and baseball and basketball with. Families, friends, acquaintances all witness the change outwardly, evidence of what happened inwardly. Your family members, your friends, they knew who you were, and all of a sudden, here you are, clothed and sane. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. If your diet consists mainly of French fries and soda pop, more likely than not, you're probably not in the best of shape. Health advocates for years have been telling us we are what we eat, especially with respect to our physical bodies. But in the same way, when it comes to our spiritual being, you are what you believe. Today, as Pastor Xavier continues his exposition of the book of 2 Corinthians, he helps bring to light the simple truths of the life-changing impact of the gospel. Let's listen. Paul's ministry was under attack, as you know, by the false teachers, the Judaizers, saying that he was not a true minister, not even a true apostle, and then, in fact, uh, he was not even backed up by those of Jerusalem, and that was a consensus. Now, Paul, rather than defending himself alone, includes all those who had ministered with him to the Corinthians, and he gives marks of a true minister here in this passage. Again, the text here, chapter 2, verse 14 to 3, 6. He says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, to the other an aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but of of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Do we begin to commend ourselves, or do we need some other epistles, commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of our, as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Paul gives here three marks of true ministers. First is the consciousness of a true minister, verses 14 to 17, the consciousness. Secondly, we have the commendation of true ministers, verses 1 to 3. Of chapter 3. And then thirdly, the confidence of true ministers, verse 4 through 6. Notice verse 14, the Apostle Paul declared true ministers understand that they are victorious in Christ. What a perspective. 
Listen to the words. Now thank be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Paul is referring to his preaching of the gospel. He has just told us about Troas and Macedonia in verse 12 and 13. God opened great doors in verse 12. He preached the gospel. He mentioned his uneasiness not having met up with Titus there in the beginning of 13. He was concerned he was going to find about the Corinthians. And so he ministered there at Troas and then departed to Macedonia. Paul the Apostle was very aware that he was being directed and guided by God. He tells us later on in chapter 7, verse 5 through 7, that he met up with Titus in Macedonia where he got the news that the Corinthians had repented and they loved him and everything got turned around. Paul thanked God, notice, for the ministry there at Troas and Macedonia, he's just mentioned, but also he's mentioned about his near-death experience. Paul saw himself victorious regardless of the outcome. This is our problem, particularly in context of teaching about ministers. They judge their success by what they see and what happens rather than their obedience to the gospel. There's the problem today. He gave thanks to God for preaching the gospel. The word thanks or cares expresses the gratitude and praise to God. Directing, guiding him. The reference of God is to the Father. God the Father, Theos. Now notice Paul depicted himself as a minister of Jesus, as soldiers, as well as the other ministers, in the army of heaven. Jesus being their commanding general. Now, he stated that God always led them as ministers in triumph in Christ. This word that he uses, triumph, indicates a triumphal entry, a victorious procession of a general or an emperor just back from war. And he was being honored. The streets would be filled with people. There'd be incense all over the place. He would be parading the spoils of war in this incredible procession. Some of the captive warriors would go before him up front. These would be spared and liberated as mercy at the end of the procession, at the end of the day. But then there were those who followed the most fierce, the strongest, at the end of the procession. They would be slain at the end. This is the picture that he reveals to us here. Now this word only appears one other time in the New Testament. It is when Jesus in Colossians 2.15 descended down to hell, scooped up those who died in faith, and transferred them to heaven. And it says that angels, ranks of angels, were spoiled publicly, made a public display of them openly, triumphing over them. They couldn't stop him. Only two instances, here and there with demons. Paul takes this picture and transferred it to the true ministers of Christ. There's a lot of stuff that's done with this, which is really not in context. But first thing to note is that the victorious outcome of Paul and other true ministers did not take place. This victory did not take place without difficulties, obstacles, or disappointments. As he's just mentioned in verse 12 and 13 at Troas in Macedonia. He was anxious. He didn't know what was going on. Second, the victorious outcome is always due to God leading the true minister evident that Paul was led with an open door, Troas, Macedonia, and met up with Timothy there, triumphant in Christ. 
But then thirdly, the sphere in which this victorious triumph is accomplished and judged to be so is in Christ, not in the circumstance, not in the situation. And the phrase leads us to triumph is a present tense continuous active to make us victorious at all times. But that's because God was leading Paul. Paul was not living his own life. There's the key. Now notice, Paul stated that the proclamation of the gospel is the work of God. He used the phrase through us, indicating God working in and then through us to others. It's always in me first and out. Very important. They were the literal fulfillment of the promise of Jesus to the empowerment to be able to do that work in Acts 1.8. Terry in Jerusalem, to you be with power from on high. You should be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. He uses very picturesque language in their proclamation here of the gospel, typified by the incense burning in this triumphal procession. Sometimes it was so thick you couldn't even see people in this procession. A joyous occasion. The phrase diffuses the fragrance, means to manifest a smell or an odor, describing the pleasant aroma of the gospel as it is proclaimed. This is how Paul sees himself. From God's perspective, pleasant to God in hope that it might be pleasantly attractive the lost man. This word will appear two more times in verse 16. The word is used, in fact, for the sacrifice and offering of Jesus Christ as a sweet-smelling aroma to God in Ephesians 5.2, the Old Testament incense going up to God. Also for the provisions to Paul by Epaphroditus from the Philippians, um, it's called a sweet-smelling aroma in Philippians 4.18, the little money that they sent him. So the context will tell you what it indicates. Now, notice Paul was stating that the gospel was the revelation of God here. He identified it as his knowledge, capitalized his, God's knowledge. The gospel, that's what he's talking about. It's synonymous with the gospel proclamation that he's talking about here, the good news. The extent of the divine pleasant smell of the gospel, notice it's in every place. The proclamation of God's provision for man's redemption through these ministers is needed throughout the whole world. And wherever it goes, it pleases God. Because all men and women need to be saved. The proclamation of the gospel was and is pleasing wherever God sends it. Notice in verse 15 and 16, the apostle Paul then declared, true ministers understand they are pleasing to God no matter the response of the people. Wow. What a slap in the face to so many pastors today and church growth people. Paul stated the perspective of God towards his ministers that God is pleased with the ministry and the ministers who obey to preach the gospel, not the number of people saved. Now, we want to see people saved, but that's not the focus. Listen to his words. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. That's an incredible statement. The ministers of God are the pleasant aroma of Christ of the Father when some accept the gospel and are saved, first of all, he says. Because they are what? Preaching the gospel. That pleases God. It's his pleasure. And because they are the instruments to bring sinners to salvation. The plural pronoun we refers to certainly Paul, Silas, and Timothy and others. He's dealing with 
all true ministers here, not just himself. Now the ministers of God are the pleasant aroma of Christ of the Father, even if others reject the gospel and perish, he says, also. Why? Because they are perishing by their own doing. They're preaching the gospel. That's God's pleasure. And these individuals, as the ministers being used as an instrument to give sinners an opportunity, those sinners reject the gospel and they perish by their own choosing. The word herald in the Greek is used of people who were hired by the state, the governments, and kings and everything to make proclamations. They were given a message. It wasn't theirs. They were given vested authority to proclaim it. They were only responsible to make the proclamation. They were not responsible for the response of the proclamation. This is what Paul is saying. You'll accept or reject. But it'll be your choosing. I'm not responsible for that. Now notice Paul stated that the two different effects on sinners who hear the preaching of the gospel through the ministers of Christ. In verse 16, he pointed out the ones who hear the gospel but are not open to be saved. They see the minister of Christ as a foul stench. Listen to the words. To the one, we are the aroma of death. They don't like the messenger. I am sure often when I'm teaching on Sunday morning or preaching, somebody's saying, why don't this guy shut up? I can't believe this guy. We even have people walk out sometimes. Let me tell you, Paul wouldn't get a job. He wouldn't be able to get a job in any of our churches today. He'd be called grumpy old man, callous, unloving. Their thoughts were those of animosity and hatred. Notice he pointed out the outcome of these uh, rebellious sinners, eternal damnation, leading to life. The word leading is italicized. In the Greek text there, it's an honest text, is telling you that it's not in the original, but it's inserted so you understand what the Greek implies. Okay, so it's an honest footnote. Death here means eternal death, not physical death. All of us are going to die physically. He's talking about eternal death, rejecting the gospel. Eternal death is eternal separation from the presence of God after you die. No second chance. And then he points out the ones who hear and receive the gospel, they see the minister of Christ as a sweet aroma, the aroma of life. And to the others, the aroma of life there. They were open and receptive to the messenger, and their thoughts are those of love, appreciation, and thanks. They see themselves lost for the first time. They see themselves on the wrath of God. They see the love of God for them, and they are just broken. Like the two thieves on the cross, both heard the same message from Jesus, both equally distant, both made a decision, one accepted, one rejected. There you have the gospel to every person until the Lord returns. No one is at a disadvantage. He pointed out the outcome of the saved sinners, eternal life, leading to life. The word Zoe is life, refers to the quality. Whenever you, you read eternal life in the scriptures, first you, it means God-like life, a quality of life. You live different now. Then secondly, it's life that never ends. Eternal life begins here and now, not when you die. Notice Paul stated the obvious question. Who is the qualified person to make these eternal judgments over man? He's listening to people as he's writing. You know, letters took time to get back and forth, so he's already listening to the complainers on the other end. <laughs> and who is sufficient for these things? 
It's a rhetorical question. Who is it? God. Only God can do this. Not man. Sufficient to enable men to minister and sufficient that ministers always triumph in Christ because they're called anointed and sent. Sufficiently to be able to be the fragrance of Christ to God the Father as they preach the gospel, whether they believe or reject it, having given opportunity to the sinner and the saved at the same time. Sufficiently to damn some for eternity and save others to spend eternity with God. Who's sufficient for this? Who's competent for this? God. Not man. Now notice the image, illustration of the Roman triumphal procession is still in the mind of Paul. People lose it at this point. They just leave it behind. It's still in his mind. The ministers are always being led to triumph in Christ through the preaching of the gospel and are the fragrance of Christ regardless of the response to the gospel. God's perspective. The sinner himself chooses if they are going to be the captives at the front of the procession to be released by accepting the gospel or the group at the end of the procession to be judged and condemned to death because of the rejection of the gospel. God doesn't do this. The individual does it. Many people have twisted this illustration and turned it around. Look at 17. Paul the Apostle declared, true ministers understand not all are ministers of God. What a novel idea. <laughs> Paul said that they were distinct from the false ministers. Listen to his words. For we are not, as so many peddling, the word of God. He indicated he, Silas, and Timothy were not as so many. The so many referred to the false teachers who had infiltrated Corinth. The so many are synonymous with the sum that will be uh, stated later on in chapter 10, verse 2 and 11, 8. He indicated how the many who were not true ministers handled the gospel dishonestly. I love Paul. Straight shooter. Listen. The word peddling there comes from the word huckster. It appears only this time in the New Testament. Hucksters peddling cheap wares, haggling about prices, cheating, selling wine, diluting it with water, vegetables, they put the best ones on top, leave the rotten ones on the bottom. That's the picture he is painting of these false ministers who handle the word of God deceitfully. These false ministers at Corinth were merchandising God's word for gain, being dishonest, and having ulterior motives. They preached a different gospel, he says, in 2 Corinthians 11.4. A different gospel. You say, oh, come on. I mean, you know, sometimes I mention names. Oh, come on. But they're crazy. No, they're not. How do I know? By what they teach. Heresy. People get upset. Notice Paul stated they were pure in their service in contrast to the hucksters without hypocrisy. But of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. He, Silas, Timothy, spoke without falsehood. That's what he's saying. The contrast is marked by the word but 
And the word sincerity means genuineness or purity, literally, by the light of the sun. Because in those days when they made marble statues and, and, and wear, and they would crack it, they would grind up some marble, mix it with some wax, and then you know, fill in the, the holes. And so when you went shopping, you know, you went to the bazaar or something, you pick it up, you put it to the sun. Is this sincere? And you look, oh, ah, there's a crack here. God wants to make sure you're not a crackpot. All right? He'll put you up to the sun. And light exposes the holes we're trying to fill in hypocritically. Every minister who is led by God sees his life as a constant triumph in Christ always. Through the good times and the bad times, through the times of difficulty, through the times of peace, when finances are small or large, it doesn't make any difference. Our triumph is in being obedient to what God's called us to do, regardless of the outcome. Like Paul. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11, Paul says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus was also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Christ, or Jesus, also may be manifested in our mortal body. Our flesh. What, what a different picture. Now, God told Paul that he was going to suffer many things for his sake. He told Ananias, go tell him. I feel he's a chosen vessel. These, these uh, false teachers were saying, oh, Paul, look at him. You know, he's, you know he thinks he's something. Look at him. He, he gets beat up everywhere. He starts trouble. He's a jailbird. You know, he's got bow-legged. He's got a unibrow. He's got a big hooked nose. I mean, I mean, come on. These guys were polished, professional, all that. Every minister is called to proclaim the gospel that is to be a sweet fragrance to God due to the righteousness that God reveals by faith. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the power of God and the salvation, the Jew first and the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness God revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4 As Paul declares it to the Romans. Romans 1.16-17 Not ashamed of the gospel. Every minister who preaches the gospel pleases God without exception, and it is not dependent whether people reject it or accept it. God is not impressed with numbers, but we thank God for the people that are saved. God is the one who saves, by the way, not man. Paul already told him that in the first letter. Listen to uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 7. Uh, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? but ministers through whom you believe. As the Lord gave to each one, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. We get so caught up in the man, the vessel, the numbers, the flashiness. But where's the teaching of the word of God? Where's the consistency? How much compromise and false doctrine is being taught from some of the biggest pastors? the most popular pastor, the biggest church in the United States. Willful or ignorant, I don't care. Poison is poison. If I give you a glass of cyanide on purpose or accident, it's still going to kill you either way. Doesn't matter. The consciousness of a true minister is his accountability for the gospel to God. What a novel idea. Simple. Pastor Xavier Reese.
with a simple reminder about the life-changing power of the gospel. And you can find this program online to hear any portion you may have missed. Just browse for today's date in the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Also, as always, you can request a CD copy of today's inspirational study from 2 Corinthians called Ministers of the Spirit. And make sure you pass along this message with those in your church or small group. The title to ask for once again is Ministers of the Spirit. We simply ask that you include $4 to help cover the costs when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. In what ways does a servant of God serve? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese next time on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com